Hi, I'm Rachel with smartsocial.com. And I'm Andrea and welcome to Mom Talk. Rachel and I are both team members here at smartsocial.com. We both research apps and help create content for our site, but we're also moms who are trying to keep both our kids safe and your kids safe online as well. Okay, so Rachel, what have you been working on over these last couple of weeks? Well, this month we're getting ready to do some live events about TikTok and they're gonna be fantastic. Most of your kids are probably using TikTok. If they're not, their friends definitely are. So they're being exposed to it one way or another. Uh, but it's been really interesting to dive in and learn more about both the positive and the negative side of TikTok. I have to say, I've been editing the student video that that we've interviewed four different student in, interns about TikTok and how they use it and what their views are. And we have this one student intern, Grant, who is just, he's an amazing kid and he's really well-spoken and he he's very thoughtful in his answers. But one of the answers that he gave really surprised me. Josh asked him about how his family could use TikTok or how they use TikTok as a family. And he kind of chuckled and he said, TikTok is not designed for parents. And I started like laughing. He was like, parents just don't understand TikTok and what, you know, the, the things that we go on there for and the the videos that we watch. And I just, it just tickled me because I know so many people, my own age, parents who are on TikTok and who use it on a very regular basis. And so I just had to like really chuckle when I was editing that part of it thinking, man, you don't even know. I think that's why it's so important too to jump on these apps with your kids because there's probably a lot of students out there that don't realize their parents think TikTok is funny or find any value in it. I know I like to pull up like nonsense TikTok videos, like when we're tired or we're bored or something like that. And my kids are not that into it. And so, but they'll watch it with me. They'll sit down and watch it with me, but I pull up some that are just like ridiculous. Like when I was watching one that um, they just had a, a cup with some foam on it with googly eyes on it. And they were blowing a straw to make the mouth or to make a big circle. And it was matching up with a screaming sound. And I thought it was funny. My kids thought I was ridiculous, but it's kind of fun when you find stuff like that, that's, that's innocent. There's nothing bad about it. It's just kind of silly humor, but there's a lot on TikTok that you can really enjoy together as a family. And when kids see that, then they have more to relate to you and maybe they'll share the videos they like on TikTok with you. Yeah. And I think that that's really, it's important because you're right. A lot of times kids and adults will have very different points of view on humor, right? And even, you know, person to person, like you and I could find two very different things funny. But if a parent and a child can sit together and show each other what they think is funny, it's really a great way to connect in a way that they weren't before. And maybe possibly get this little glimpse into your child's personality a little bit more and maybe into yours as well for them. I've learned you can't go wrong with animal videos. Teachers <laughs> and parents find those funny. We used to, I grew up watching like America's Funniest Home Videos and I feel like TikTok's like the new version of that. Nobody watches TV shows for funny videos anymore, but you can find all of those same kind of videos on TikTok. We've been watching like stupid accidents that happen, which sounds bad, but like this guy will saw something off. He's up on a ladder. We'll saw a tree branch off and the branch knocks his ladder off. Oh, no. And it makes you laugh because it's so ridiculous, but then it's also like, and this is why we don't do that. Educational as well. Learning moment. <laughs> so that's funny. Yeah. I, so it, I just think it is, it's important. This is a great opportunity for parents and students to come to this live event together and they'll get to see all of these students and all of their responses and their answers to these questions and 
their points of view on TikTok and how they're using it, both the good and the bad, because there were some real struggles as well. I think that was one of the main threads between all of the students was how addictive TikTok can be and how it's really difficult to step away from it and turn it off. Yeah, it's definitely addictive. I mean, they designed the app to be addictive and to keep you watching. And so having some systems in place as a family to counteract that and maybe enjoy it on a short-term basis, but not let it overtake your schedule in your life, I think is so important. Yes, for sure. And if maybe if you're sitting down together and watching it, one of you will be strong and say, okay, no, we actually need to step away and and turn it off. Because it's so easy to just be like, just to override timers. And and one of the things we're going to go through in the live events is TikTok has built-in reminders so that you can set it to t- every 10 or 20 minutes, it will remind you. And parents can actually type in a code so the students can't override it unless oh. they know the code. So it's really handy if you, especially if you work together with your student and they're in agreement with that, you can type in the code and they can't override those timers and hit snooze or anything like that, because unless they have that pin or that code to put in there, then they can't get through it. That sounds great. I'm glad that that exists and that TikTok is doing that. My daughter laughs at me because I put a reminder for like um, 10 minutes on mine. Cause I figure if I've been sitting there scrolling for 10 minutes, it's time to do something else. But usually my, my 10 year old will watch with me and we'll watch silly, silly animal videos or something. And it'll pop up and she'll be like, mom, it's time to go do something else. <laughs> so she'll call me on it. Like I can, I could snooze it. Cause I know the code, but she'll call me on it. If I keep watching after the, after that little reminder pops up. That's so great though. It's those digital habits that you're helping teach her is just, that's amazing. That's really good. Well done, you. Okay, well, I think now we're going to take a little break. Let's hear from Josh. He's going to talk to us about our newsletter and how you can sign up for that and get that in your email box twice weekly and hear all about the most popular social media apps and what kids are doing and up to all across the country, right in your email box. So let's take a break, listen to him, and then we'll get back on here and talk about some other things that we've been doing on smartsocial.com. You're listening to the smartsocial.com podcast. Each week, we help parents and educators keep students safe on social media so they can someday shine online. Make sure you join our newsletter to get the most up-to-date social media alerts at smartsocial.com slash newsletter. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we send out the latest social media app resources that help parents and educators to navigate this challenging landscape with their students. Now let's get to the program. So Andrea, you've been working on an exciting app this this month. You covered the Wiz app. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and what you learned? Sure, sure. The Wiz app, it's kind of a newer app that's resting right up in the top 10 of like the Apple App Store social media apps right now. So it's something that teenagers are definitely starting to use. It's free. What they really market it as like a find new friends app, which always makes me a little bit nervous because I always question people's motivation and those types of platforms. There's a lot of live chat that you can do with strangers in there. You can very easily connect with other people, other strangers, which is, you know, kind of the main focus of it. They actually use facial recognition to verify that you're either 13 or older for an account. But apparently the facial recognition can sometimes be a little unreliable and teenagers can still end up connecting with adults within the app, which is always a red flag. We have it ranked as a red zone app because of the ease of adult content and the lack of parental controls that they have in the app. And just the idea of finding new friends all across the world is 
as a mom, I think pretty nerve wracking. So you can find out more about that on smartsocial.com and just search for the Wiz app and that we've got a little video there and you can find out more about that and the few privacy settings recommendations that we have on there. So Rachel, I know that you have been putting together a resource on teens and driving and digital devices. So we talked to a bunch of experts about teen driving safety. This was a big one for me. I've got three teen drivers, well, two and a half, one has a permit and is working on it. But that's been a huge worry for me is they have cell phones, they're on the road, you don't want them distracted. They're not all they're not the greatest drivers to start with anyway, when they first start learning. And so you definitely don't want to throw a cell phone in the mix. But so many kids have their phones within arm's reach while they're driving or they're texting or they're driving. And it's one of the leading causes of death for new drivers. So it's a big deal. But we talked to all these experts, and they had a lot of great advice. Many of them talked about parents modeling the right behavior. And I know I've seen that that's huge because if I ever do something that is a bad habit while I'm driving, I, it's a guarantee that I will watch one of my kids do it and they'll do the same thing because they just think that that's normal. They'll watch you and then they mimic whatever they see. And so if I was pulling my cell phone out while I'm driving or even pulling it out at a stoplight or something like that, my kids are, I'm, I know that they're going to do that. So I have to stop myself and make sure I'm showing the kind of behavior behind the wheel that I want them to copy because it's scary. Like one mistake behind the wheel, that can be deadly for them. So I think these tips that they have are really, really important for parents to read. And I'd read them with new drivers, like have them go through, because there's a lot of tips that are really important for teenagers to know when they're first starting out. Yeah. Well, and I think even as an adult, I think reading through them was a good reminder, like why it's so important to not use your technology while you're driving. And like you said, setting that good example for your kids is the biggest thing you can do as an adult, really, or as an parent. Yeah. I mean, it can be huge. I've had my kids, I, I make them keep their cell phones zipped up in their backpack and hopefully they're putting it in the back seat so they, they can't be tempted. My oldest, we've had to work with him a little bit because there's hand-free technology now where they can talk on the phone without having their phone on hand. And that makes me uncomfortable because it's still a distraction. Where I live, they can't even drive legally with somebody else in the car with them for the first six months because that's a distraction, having somebody to talk to you. And so talking on the phone, it was a big point of contention with my oldest son because he's like, I'm not using my phone. I'm just talking to you. It's just like you were here, but it's a distraction. A lot of the experts we talked to had technology recommendations that parents can use to help stand track or monitor that and make it easier to follow through with some of these guidelines. What do your kids use for maps? I'm lucky that usually when they need to use the map, they usually have a co-pilot. So whoever's sitting in their passenger seat, I put them in charge of using the map. My second oldest who's driving right now does not have a great sense of direction. So if he's going somewhere he doesn't know, I make him look at it really well beforehand and just set it to audibly tell him the alerts when to turn and stuff like that. So he's not having to look at the map. Okay. Because that is a huge distraction. And we've had to have a conversation. You need to pull over if you're confused and you need to really look at your map, pull over and there's no harm in stopping and looking at the map while you're parked on the side of the road. Right. Right. That's really good advice. Gosh, I remember, you know, when we started driving, we didn't have, we didn't have cell phones that had maps and didn't have GPS. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's literally like a paper map, like pulling out your Atlas or going to MapQuest and printing I used off to keep a map taped to the front of my passenger dashboard so that I could like have it over there. It was taped to the front. That's brilliant. That's so great. Oh yeah. But technology it's good, but yet yeah, it can be, it's so distracting that you really do have to be so careful when you're in the car with it. 
Yeah. It's not worth the distraction, especially when you've got new drivers. And it's so scary. I feel like as a parent, I don't even have a teenage driver yet, but just thinking about letting them go one day, like being in charge of a motor vehicle on their own without me in it is terrifying. And then you think about the, all the different ways that they can be distracted, you know, just from their phone or from their friends and so. It's such a scary stage. My oldest crashed twice when he had a learner's permit, but luckily they were both in my driveway. I was upset about it first, but then I realized I was like, that's, that's small stakes right there. Like if he can crash into a car in the driveway and then he was a little overly confident when he started driving and that kind of put him in check. And he was like, oh, I really do need to be aware. I was like, I would rather him crash into a car in the driveway than stay overly confident and get into a, a serious accident because he wasn't prepared and he wasn't being cautious. Definitely. Definitely. It's like those little small mistakes. Like you talked about last week with your daughter, locking yourself out of the phone. It's good to make these small mistakes in like the safe environment instead of the, when they're on the interstate. And I look at it as practice mistakes. Everybody needs practice mistakes. That's right. That's right. Oh man, things to look forward to. I'm so glad you were able to cover that and get some really good tips and some advice. You had a great one too. You went through the group me app and that's, that's another one that there's so many students using right now. There are. And I mean, I think adults are too, because I know I use it for several different groups that I'm involved in, but it's a group messaging app that anyone can use. So it works really well with people with who have iPhones and Android devices, they can all just meet together on this one app and message back and forth. They can send videos and pictures and gifts and calendar invites. They can create polls. I know for one of the groups that we used to use every now and again, we'd have to create a poll and send it out. And it was a really great and easy way to collect information from people. But one of the things I thought was the most interesting that I didn't realize about GroupMe was that you don't actually have to have the app to get the messages. So if someone in the group can add your phone number, if you just have a phone and a phone number, they can add your phone number in and you can still receive messages and send messages back um, through the app or not through the app, but like through your phone without actually having the app. So I thought that was just something interesting that can kind of look out for that they may not even have the app, but they may still be communicating within it, or maybe they don't have to have the app, but they can still communicate. And I think it's important for parents to know too. My boys use them for a bunch of groups and teams and stuff like that. I'm in the habit of scanning through my kids' text messages just to make sure there's nothing I need to be aware of and no, no red flags or anything like that. But I don't always think about scanning through the group me messages and they use those way more than they use text messages. So it's a great app. They love it because they can have, instead of having these big long group text messages where one person wants to jump out, they don't have to start a new thread. They can just remove the person on group me. So it's really handy for everything that they use it for. But I have to remind myself that I need to be aware of what they're texting because they're in pretty large groups. And there, there has been situations where there's bullying or different issues that pop up with group me. So I, I think just being aware of how to check those messages and remembering to do that's important. And another thing for parents to remember as they're checking their students' messages, you can't delete something from the app. So if you send someone a message, you can never delete it, but you can on your end hide it. So if you send something to someone, or if I were to send a message to you, I could hide it and then it wouldn't show up on my phone anymore, which I feel like parents should also be aware of if, when they're gaining through those messages, if something doesn't seem right, or it sounds kind of, seems like something's missing, 
maybe it actually is. And I don't know that you can recover it and like unhide it. I don't know how you would do that, but um, I do know that they can hide their messages. And as I guess GroupMe doesn't in- encrypt the messages. So some people feel it's a little bit less secure and the employees at GroupMe could technically read your messages at any point in time. So that's just something to keep aware of and maybe remind students that what you send is not always private. I think that's such an important lesson with anything online these days, because there's so many apps and services that kids think that they're private, but nothing's really entirely private really ever. No, it's really not. Especially, I mean, you can screenshot anything and save it for forever and share it, you know, with whomever. So it's a good thing to remind your students of as they're just navigating all, all things digital, really. Okay. So we're going to actually be covering another messaging app, Remind, in a few weeks. So we're going to have another resource on that because there's just so many, so many messaging apps out there right now. I feel like in everyone, every team that my kids are involved on use a different one. It can be a little bit overwhelming. We have some more exciting things coming up this month too. If you were lucky enough to join us for the live events last month, we are doing those again this month on February 23rd and the 28th. There's three times available on each day. So there's something to fit with anybody's schedule. And if there's not, then you can always see the replay. But this month we're covering TikTok. And I think that's, it's so popular right now. I feel like every parent, regardless of whether your own kids are using the app, they're being exposed to it. They are aware of it. So it's such an important subject to cover. And there's definitely some scary things about TikTok. And there's been a lot of things in the news about it lately. So we're going to take a balanced approach. We have national experts that have been fantastic. Andrea has been going through and editing their videos and they just really know their stuff. They're really great resources for parents. And then the student experts, like we mentioned before, have some really good insights for parents. So definitely join us for that. You can log in to your member page to claim your spot in whatever date and time works best for you. And if you're not already a VIP member, go to smartsocial.com slash VIP and you can get all of the information you need about joining our very informed parent membership. Or you can always ask your school or another organization that you're involved with if they would be interested in partnering with Smart Social to cover memberships for your whole community, which we have a lot of schools that we work with who do that. And then all the families within those schools are able to get access to our more than 400 different resources on our website. So please take a look at that. And if you have any comments or questions about a certain app that you're into or your student is interested in, please let us know. Contact us at smartsocial.com slash contact and let us know what you want to learn more about. And Rachel and I will start researching and, and come up with a resource for everybody to read. That covers this month. We've got some great things coming up next month and next month we're going to be covering Instagram. So definitely stay tuned for details on that. Yes, another super popular app that so many students and adults are out there using in so many different ways. So I'm excited to find out more about that as well. All right. Well, until next time. 
We'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the smartsocial.com podcast with this week's topics. If you enjoyed the mom talk discussion that we had today about all things social media from a mom's perspective, we invite you to join the smartsocial.com VIP program. As a very informed parent VIP member, you will learn about the dangers and benefits of social media for your kids and get tips every week to keep your family safe online and most importantly, to teach your students how to shine online. We have over 130 detailed app guides that cover apps like TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, and 100 plus apps you might not have heard of, but your students may have visited or downloaded. Find out more and join today at smartsocial.com VIP. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review so we can continue to help more parents and educators just like you. I'm your host, Josh Oaks. As always, remember to keep it light, bright, and polite. We'll see you on the next episode. Have a great day.